This is a Reconstruction Radio production. Please visit GaryNorth.com slash free books to download this book in PDF form. The Greatness of the Great Commission, Christian Enterprise in a Fallen World, written by Kenneth L. Gentry, Jr., published in 1990 by the Institute for Christian Economics, Tyler, Texas, narrated by Joseph Spurgeon. Chapter 9, The Family and the Great Commission Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. Ephesians 6, 2 and 3 We begin again with the Association of Reformation Churches, Confessional Revision for Direction. In paragraph 6, the family is dealt with. As a ministry of nurture, the mission of the family is to be the first church and state to the child rearing him in terms of the grace and law of God the Father. Where the family is broken, the church must be father to the orphan and husband to the widow. Since the child has been committed by God to the parents for nurture, the education of the child is the mission not of the church, nor of the state, but of the family. Where this ministry is delegated to specialists, it must be done so freely, not of coercion. As a ministry of dominion, the family has been given the cultural mandate as its mission. For the performance of this task, God has given the privilege of private ownership of property to the family. As a result of the sin of man, the work of the cultural mandate not only consists of the acquisition of scientific knowledge and the aesthetic beautification of the environment, but also entails the acquisition of the basic necessities of life. Erosion of the Covenantal Family The humanistic assault on the family largely has been successful. Too few Christian parents have implemented basic biblical principles for family living. Fewer still recognize the principles applicable to the family that may be drawn from the Great Commission. In the midst of a pervasively humanistic culture, Christians have tended to live by the 1960s Greyhound bus slogan, Leave the driving to us. Too many children of believers become prodigals, Luke 15, 11-13, by leaving the church to seek the temporary comforts and pleasures our secular society affords. They have no awareness that the foundation of the technological progress that allows such creaturely comfort has been the Christian faith. They do not realize such luxury has lasted only due to the inertia of our past Christian heritage. Yet the Christians should with all seriousness view marriage as a covenantal institution with covenantal obligations. For marriage is the primary training ground for the next generation. It is the primary institution for welfare, care of the young, care of the aged, and education. It is the primary agency of economic inheritance. The family is therefore the primary institutional arrangement for fulfilling the terms of the Dominion Covenant. Genesis 1, 26-28 In an important sense, as goes the family, so goes the faith. As goes the faith, so goes the culture. Although there are larger works on the family that should be consulted, perhaps a list of a few basics would prove helpful to those desirous to reclaim the family, bringing it under the, the sway of the Great Commission. 1. Regular, content-oriented family devotions. Primarily, these devotional times should impart sound, biblical understanding and exhort our children to holiness in all of life. In addition, family devotions will provide a time of covenantal exercise in order to enhance spiritual unity in the family. As DeMar so well puts it, it must be made clear to all children that God is the head of the household. The father is a priest who conducts family worship services daily. The family must become God-centered in every way, including family ritual. Humanism is being imparted to our children as much by osmosis from our culture as by any other means. We and our children need the daily contact with the living and active Word of God to mold our thinking. 
The Word of God imparts life and molds character. Psalms 19, 7 through 14, chapter 119, 15 through 16. In the Great Commission, Christ commands us to teach all things He taught us. We should begin this at a very early age with our children, as covenantal baptism clearly obliges us. 2. Involve child rearing and discipline. Our children expressively should be taught how to live the Christian life by the diligent application of biblical principles of child rearing and discipline. This is discipling in the home as per the Great Commission, Matthew 28:19. This discipline should also include consistent church attendance to worship him who has all authority in heaven and on earth, Matthew 28:18. The training of covenant children should not be left to others by parents too busy for their children. The regular environmental influence of God's Word and Christ's Gospel in daily family living is vital. Children should be taught the legitimacy and practice of living under authority in society by witnessing it in the home through the headship of a loving, involved, and godly father. Too often this duty has devolved almost wholly upon the mother, though she obviously has an important role as well. Ultimately, biblical child discipline will work back to practical training and living under Christ's authority, Matthew 28.18. Children also should be taught how to set goals for the long term, Matthew 28, 20, rather than being allowed to drift about with the winds. 3. Teaching the value of labor. Apprenticeship of children in both family living and personal and corporate labor with a goal to self-sufficiency is important. Ours is an intolerably irresponsible age. Christians must swim against the secular tide by instilling responsibility and diligence in their children. The Christian is aware of the divinely ordained institution of labor from man's primordial beginning. Genesis 1, 26-28, chapter 2, verse 15. The commission is replete with verbal action. In addition to commands to disciple, baptize, and teach, one of its commands is to go. This entails the notion of active labor. The family involves the child's first experience with culture, from which the word nations is derived, Matthew 28, 19. This is an aspect of that which the Great Commission sets before us by requiring our discipling discipline. This obligates the believer to Christian labor. The family life should prepare the child for a life of labor for Christ and all of life. 4. Teaching the value of money. Training the child in Christian stewardship regarding both time, which is an important sense, money, and resources should be a factor in Christian nurturing. In a wealthy society, children grow up thinking money grows on trees. They should learn early the relationship between labor and the accruing of wealth. This should be done by assigning them productive chores in order to earn any allowance. Many of Jesus' parables had to do with monetary matters, and thus are directly involved in teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. Matthew 28.20 20. In addition, children also should be encouraged both to save a portion of their money and to tithe on their increase to the church. Saving money forces them to operate with a view to the long term, which is a factor in the Great Commission. I am with you always, even to the end. Matthew 28, 20. The tithe demonstrates a bowing before the all-authority of Christ. Matthew 28, 18. 5. Providing an inheritance. An inheritance promises a reward for faithfulness, encourages a future orientation, and provides a foundation from which to build for the next generation, thereby promoting progress by building on the fruits of the labor of others. Several of Christ's teaching had to do with inheritance. The Bible obligates the provision of an inheritance for our offspring. As in the Great Commission, we are to have a long view of history, not consuming all of our wealth for the moment. But ungodly children should be disinherited, for the wealth of the sinner is laid upon for the just. Thus, we should be concerned to make plans that affect our children and children's children, 
Psalm 78, 1 and 8. They will be here for a long time. 6. Formal Christian education. Christian schooling should be encouraged and promoted vigorously by committed Christian parents, either through homeschooling or traditional classroom instruction. The rampant secular humanism that permeates and dominates the government public school system is one of the very great strengths of humanism's influence. Christians need to see that the 30-plus hours a week their children spend in formal education and at least 12 years of their early development are undergirded and directed by Christian truth rather than secular humanism. The Great Commission demands the teaching of all things whatsoever Christ teaches. 7. Developing a home library and reading program. Reading solid Christian literature, when it can be found, is an essential aspect of the mind-expanding exercise. Elton Trueblood once commented, It is the vocation of the Christian in every generation to outthink all opposition. Building a home library would make it easier for your own family to have access to good literature. It could also be made available for loaning out to others, thereby teaching others as Christ commanded us. Of course, early in the child's reading program, there should be frequent exposure to Scripture. The Word of God is unlike any other literature in that it is living and powerful, Hebrews 4.12. It can and should be read at an early age, and that it makes one wise unto salvation, 2 Timothy 3.14 and 15. becomes a part of the very character of the reader, Psalms 119.11 and equips one for every good work, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. 8. Neighborhood Bible Studies on Relevant Issues The family should not withdraw within, but go and make disciples, Matthew 28, 19. An excellent means by which to promote Christian culture among families in your neighborhood is by setting up an informal, neighborly, family-oriented, and an interesting study on matters of concern to your community. In these studies, the gospel message and solution to the problems faced in everyday life would be proffered in the context of friendly fellowship. These type of Bible studies are academically helpful in getting God's truth before otherwise uninterested people. The average non-Christian gets his view of the world almost solely through the secular humanist-influenced media. To have an interesting and challenging study on relevant issues from a thought-provoking, distinctively Christian perspective may well influence those in attendance toward commitment to Christ. Some studies are also environmentally advantageous, giving the neighbor an inside look into and experience with a truly Christian home. The Christian home should be a model of true covenant living in both appearance and conduct. The Christian has something distinctly different to offer the world. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom.